So thank you so much, everyone, for being up for this. Um, I'm going to say a short prayer to start the service. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the noise. Do people mind? Actually, I, haven't, I didn't think of doing this before. Do you mind when I ask you to just making a bit of noise um, with your instruments at some point in a minute? Yeah? Good. Okay, we can do that. Right. This is going to be fantastic. Let's read then this verse from the Bible, um, which I'll be talking about a bit later on as well. Um, But um, it's one of those verses in the Bible that um, Christians see as pointing towards Jesus and pointing towards all that Jesus came to do at Christmas time. And as we get very close to Christmas um, and the excitement builds, it's worth remembering again um, who it's all about and what it's all about Um, and what God's people were hoping for in the past, and what we as God's people might be hoping for today. So this is from Isaiah chapter 9, and it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as warriors rejoice at the as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with righteousness and justice. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. As we come up to Christmas, and as we reflect on those words of Isaiah, we think about this Prince of Peace that was to come. We think about uh, this incredible person at a time of great distress in the lives of God's people, that this Prince of Peace was promised, and that we as Christians believe that Jesus Christ, when he was born, and we celebrate that on Wednesday, when he was born, and when he lived, and when he died, he came to bring and represent that peace of God. What I want you to do, musicians, and anyone can join in if they've got any sticks or voices in a day i just want in a minute i want you to just play notes on your instrument they don't have to be the same notes each other if you're in a choir that's good i like the spirit that's the kind of we're going for a kind of free jazz vibe um so i want you to do it and then i want you to keep that noise going but keep watching me keep watching me keep focused drummer keep watching me and then when i cut when i go like that i want complete silence okay and we want some clicking and some noise in the choir as well so look at me and then we want noise, we want la la la, ba ba ba, whatever you got. I'll join in as well. So blow as hard as you can, strum as hard as you can. Is your, have you lost your mic? Yeah. Don't worry, yeah, we need the microphones. This is really important. Okay, you're set, good. Whoa. Get your violin around my thing. See, this is what we want, this is, this is the spirit. I don't want any <laughs> guitar smashing at the end. Well, you, no, don't. Okay, so. So we're thinking of noise, 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 and then I've got that. Peace. Okay. 
cut. One more time, go! Feeling it, feeling it. Good, it's good. I wish I had a trumpet, should have put my trumpet on. Nice. So we go from a time of great noise and chaos into a time of peace. I want you to close your eyes now as well, and I want you to close your eyes as tight as you can, everybody as well, and keep those eyes closed, properly closed if you can. Close your eyes. Okay. Squeeze them closed so it really is dark. In fact, even put your hands over your eyes as well if that helps, just to have that darkness. Um, I once, it was an experimental phase in my life, but I once decided to stand on a high street, not this high street, and close my eyes for half an hour uh, and just enjoy the darkness and then open my eyes and the world, the whole world looked so different once I opened my eyes. Closing your eyes, if you live in darkness for a long time and you open your eyes, the whole world changes. So has everyone still got their eyes closed? I can't tell obviously because mine are as well. Okay, dark, dark, dark. And open them. Oh, that's quite bright. We're celebrating on Wednesday the coming of Jesus Christ. We're celebrating something that if we believe what it says in the Bible about what Jesus came to do, we celebrate someone who came into a noisy and crazy world, into a world full of war and a world full of um, trouble to bring peace. And we believe that someone who came into a world of darkness, a world where there was so much wrong, to bring light And so when we have an amazing time, as I'm sure we all will on Wednesday, celebrating Jesus' birth and enjoying our family time together, enjoying presents and all that stuff, we remember that actually what Jesus came to bring was peace in a crazy world. He came to bring um, light into a dark world. And of course we look around now, and whether we're five years old or 55 or 85 years old, and we celebrate that peace and that light which Jesus came to bring, we still come and we see that the world is not a fully peaceful place. The world is not a fully a place full of light. And so as Christians, if we are Christians or wherever we are on our spiritual journey, we are to continue working for that peace, to continue praying for that peace and to continue hoping for that light and working for that light to be in the lives of those around us and the lives of those that we don't yet know. Please be seated. I'm going to read again from uh, Isaiah. It's, it's such a, uh, an incredible passage, so much richness. Uh, and I thought uh, before we um, do a bit of reflecting on that, um, these passages this morning, that I'd read that again. So this is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, 
as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. I was here a few weeks ago and uh, we were considering a bit about what it meant to be focused on God, to, to uh, retain a kind of proper focus in life, not just, um, not just necessarily on overtly spiritual things, um, but just what are those things that we focus on and, and how, do they, uh, how does their uh, prominence in our life define who we are and um, sort of shape us as people. Um, and obviously arguing from a Christian point of view that um, the more we focus on our faith, on our um, relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, the more shaped by that relationship we will be and the more we will be able to live out a kind of Christian life um, in 2013. Um, We're considering today um, a bit about, um, well we're asking a question about what Uh, the Israelites were waiting for what were God's people waiting for at the time of this passage this very famous passage in Isaiah that we um, read about uh, that we often read around Christmas time what it was it that the Israelites were waiting for and then we have to ask ourselves to what extent um, was that hope met in Jesus Christ to what extent did Jesus fulfill that hope um to what extent was Jesus the kind of culmination of these prophetic words in Isaiah? Um, and then a question which I think we have to ask, and I kind of alluded to it a bit earlier, um, we have to ask this, I think, if we're going to be honest and, and, and have integrity as Christians, um, what is it that we are still waiting for um, in, as God's people? Because it's right and good that we talk at this time of year about the light which Jesus brought and brings into the world. It's right and good that we talk about um, the uh, peace which Jesus brought and brings into the world. But we can't ignore the reality of the world we still live in. We can't ignore the fact that we talk about a prince of peace coming and yet uh, the last century has been the most um, slaughter-filled and most difficult of, uh, in human history. So we consider what it might mean for us as God's people to live now in an era where God's Prince of Peace has come, where Jesus has been born, where Jesus has been and continues to be present, and yet we still don't live in a time of peace in our own lives and in the world at large. So I've not got loads to say, but I just want to kind of look at the kind of contrast between the situation people were in and the, and the promises that were made and the promises that we still believe are made. 
um, the metaphor of being in a time of darkness and coming into a time of light is a strong one, um, both through Isaiah, words of the other prophets in the Gospel of John. It's a very strong um, image as well. But the idea that actually for people living in darkness will live in a time of light. I kind of jokingly made reference to this time where I stood with my eyes closed in the middle of a, not in the actual middle of a road, but in, uh, just in a normal street. The difference it makes to live in darkness, to, to not be able to see anything, and then to see, to, to have that clarity of vision, is something incredible. I hear, I hear what you're saying. We talk about coming from a um, time of, um, of kind of chaos and war. There's lots of war imagery. I mean, we, we can't get away from the fact that they were talking about actual wars and things as well, but... Um, but they're talk- there's a lot of imagery of kind of getting away from wars and into times of peace. There's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot put on that. That actually there will be not just a kind of spiritual idea of peace, which I think is important too, but that wars will end. That people will stop killing and slaughtering one another. That that is part of God's promise and God's ultimate what we believe will ultimately be fulfilled through Jesus Christ. There was a promise of peace in a time of war. Again, as we talked about last time, that the Israelites were so often either involved in wars or under a threat of war or in exile after, um, after a time of conflict or rebuilding after a time of conflict. Um, we can't get away from the fact that the promise is there for real and true peace. And of course, we believe in, a kind of, in that spiritual peace um, that Jesus Christ came to bring, a peace between um, us and God a peace uh, between us and other people as well. Um, one of my favourite biblical stories, uh, Jesus of the kind of New Testament, is Jesus um, calming the storm. I think there's so much in that um, that story that in a that Jesus, this sleeping God, when this all this chaos was going on around, woke and he brought peace. And it was peace not just for those that were on a boat with him, but peace, it talks in that passage in the Gospels, it talks about other boats being out on the water as well. That there was storms, there was craziness, his disciples were in disarray. Other boats would clearly have been in great struggle as well. And at one word, Jesus brings peace. Not just for those closest to him, but for those around as well. The passage in Isaiah talks about um, people that were once lived in great distress and says that that time will come to an end. There is not going to be any distress. People are going to be released from their distress. Again, we can possibly, probably all relate to experiences on our own lives, that we, times we may be going through now even, where we've known great distress. And again, the image of this um, coming Messiah talked about in Isaiah is of someone that brings release and relief to those in distress. It talks about those that are hungry. It talks about a harvest. It talks about uh, abundance and plenty. Again, we can kind of see those in spiritual terms, but we also have to believe in a God who, who seeks and wants to bring abundance and plenty and food to those that do not have it. That is part of what Jesus came to be and to do. 
It talks about there being plentiful. It talks about uh, the um, the kind of the joy that when dividing the plunder. Now I don't I don't like to think of it in terms of us going out and plundering and getting that stuff. But there's an idea of abundance um, in what um, the Israelites were waiting for and for what we believe was fulfilled in Jesus. Not just here's just enough to get by on, but a fullness of life. And a theme running through the whole of um, the Old Testament particularly is one of exile, of, God, of God's people never quite having a home, of needing a home, of wandering, of looking for a home, of losing their home, of getting their home back again. And again, that idea that ultimately, through the forgiveness which Jesus came to bring, um, God's people have cut, truly come home, that exile has ended and that they are and we are in God's presence is something um, key to what we would believe Jesus came to do and be. There's this uh, image too of a yoke being shattered that people who are under heavy burdens are then released. Um, again, a, a, a image that Jesus b- picks up on in the New Testament where he talks about um, uh, those inviting people to come to him who are weary and burdened and that he will give them rest for their souls, that he will unburden their yoke and um, bring them release from all that they are suffering under. Through all of this, I think what we ultimately come to is that from hopelessness, from a place of distress and hopelessness and distance from God, and a distance from people being who God had created them to be, we see that God's people somehow retained a hope. That God's people somehow were hoping in the midst of all this carnage and craziness and distress and uncertainty, were hoping and waiting for something more. So, what were the Israelites waiting for? Um, And to what extent was that met in Jesus Christ? And out of all those things we've just described, what are we still waiting for? Um, From my point of view, I ultimately think that what... Um, this whole thing is about what Jesus is about, and what this whole hope of a Messiah is about, is about a hope for transformation. It's about a hope that our individual lives might be transformed and renewed and refreshed by God. Um, if we ends there, it's quite a selfish hope. If it ends, if our whole Christian quest or spiritual quest becomes about um, our own needs being met, then ultimately that is quite a selfish one. But it's not just about that. It's about ourselves being transformed. It's about our families and those close to us being transformed. And it's about those communities around us and the wider world being transformed. A world where hope is turned to hopelessness, where um, war is turned to peace, where um, distress is turned to release, is something that we could all aspire to, something that we could all hope for. And of course, part of that is our own individual piece of knowing God ourselves. Um, I read something uh, in the last week or so that said, we can't expect to bring peace um, to others if we don't have peace for ourselves. So of course, part of the Christian life and part of the Christian quest is working towards and praying towards that peace, developing our relationship with God um, Um, and moving towards that peace for ourselves but it just can't end there it must go beyond beyond that 
the fact of Jesus Christ's incarnation, the, the fact that we believe that God really became human on earth in time and space and um, brought about salvation, that fact is something truly wonderful and truly universe-altering. But yet, um, and of course we sometimes forget, I sometimes forget certainly, that Advent is not just about waiting for Christmas. Advent is a time of waiting and praying for the second coming too. It's about reflecting on when Jesus Christ will come again and all things will be changed and brought to their fulfilment. Um, we're, at the moment, as God's people, as, as, as any people, we're caught between the reality that we believe of Jesus' incarnation and that second coming, that fulfilment of everything he came to do. So while we believe in that peace and while we believe in that light that he brought and all those other things, we're still in that gap. Um, a um, colleague of mine refers to it as the, as the gap between the now and the not yet. We're in it, we're in that time of peace and yet we're not quite there. Um, one of my favourite Advent hymns, and we'll, we'll sing that at the end of the service, is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. There's that idea that we pray, we sing at this time, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Come, God with us. O Come, Jesus Christ, be with us. And we sing it and we pray it, and God's people through the ages have prayed it. And, oh, he is here. Emmanuel is with us. God is with us. And yet, there's still so much to do. There's still so, so far to go before the fullness of that peace, the fullness of that light, the fullness of that hope um, is accomplished. And so, of course, Advent, and we're coming to the end of Advent and into the celebration of Christmas, but we mustn't forget that it's not simply about a celebration and a remembrance of things that have gone on. It's about a working towards and a praying towards and a hoping towards that which hasn't yet come. And so in the meantime, what do we do as God's people? Um, we continue to worship. Um, we continue to share in communion together. We continue in our prayer lives, both communally and in our solo prayer lives. We continue to um, work on, not selfish, but on that real development of peace that God offers us. We continue to um, uh, be disciples of Jesus Christ to manifest that peace in our own lives and to share it with others too. There's a wonderful um, story uh, in a book I read recently by a chap, I think I referred to this book a few months ago when I came as well, but a chap called Benignus O'Rourke, who's a, an Irish uh, priest and uh, amazing man who writes about inner peace and inner stillness and he talks about a, um, a, a really distressed young man looking for peace and he talks about this man going on a huge, he'd heard great tales of a great monk who had achieved this inner peace and so he goes on this great journey and he gets to the town where this chap is and, uh, and he says, and he looks for him and they say oh no he's out at the monastery so he goes keeps on going, he's looking for peace, he wants that peace, he gets to the monastery, he asks, where's, this, where's the monk? Um, he says, oh, he's out in the garden, he's tending to the, tending to the shrubbery. Uh, so off he heads out looking for him, and he still can't find him. And he says, oh no, he's, about, he's out, been out digging the, digging, the, um, 
digging the vegetable patch. So he keeps on going, he keeps on going, this big journey's going. And eventually he finds this incredible monk, this man of peace. And he comes to this man of peace and he's asleep. He's curled up in the corner, he's so exhausted from all the work he's done um, that he's fallen asleep. And this uh, pilgrim who'd been desperate for peace, desperate for peace, stood there and he's so frustrated, he can't believe um, what's going on. He can't believe that he's come all this way and now this man's asleep. Does he shake him awake? Um, will he be angry then? What, what, how will that work out with the whole peace thing? Um, so, he just, so he just stands there and he waits. And so the story goes. Um, so struck was he by the calmness and the stillness of this sleeping, prayerful monk that he became awash with peace himself. He stood there and he let that peace just soak him up and then decided, that's all I need, and off he goes. He doesn't need to speak to this man, he doesn't need to question him about his peace, he's just in his presence. He knows something of that great stillness and that great peace which God has to offer. A quote from a book I read says, um, this, by this Benignus O'Rourke says this, I think it sums up part of what I'm saying, part of what I want us and what I want for myself to move towards as we try and live in that between the now and the not yet, live in the reality of Jesus' coming, but the um, still things, things still needing to be fulfilled. It says this, Our quest for inner harmony is not something we seek for its own sake. It is a gift to share with others. Inner peace is one of the great blessings of life. If we are at peace, we will bring peace wherever we go. We create ripples in the lives of all those we meet. When a peaceful person enters a room, everyone feels more at ease. For those who spend time in stillness, it is a God-filled peace that they radiate. They are not themselves aware of it, but their presence is a breath of God's own peace. We have so much to look forward to this week. We have so much um, to look forward to in our lives attempting to follow Jesus Christ. There is so much peace and goodness which Jesus Christ has already brought and which we celebrate this week, but there is so much more that we still have to hope for, to work for and to pray for. So let's celebrate and enjoy this week with all we've got, with, our, with the food and with the fun and with the family, but let's not forget the life to which we are called and the hope which we believe we carry. I'm going to do something um, now. It's not that complicated. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. We're going to listen uh, to a version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel on the um, PA system. And all I'm going to invite you to do, if you want to, is we're going to have a, some candles up here and a big candle which I'll light. And I'll pop some down here because most people are over here and I don't want you to trip over all the guitars. Um, and if you want to, use this time either to sit in quiet and pray just where you are or take the opportunity to come and light one of the little um, tea lights um, from the big light and just ha- make that a prayer of yours. Um, and for whatever, you th- whatever it feels for at this time, if there's a situation of peace, particularly of peace that you think um, you'd like to see prayed for, perhaps um, consider that in your prayers. But also, and I think this is my main point this morning, if there's those things in our lives that we feel they were things we'd hoped for but they have not yet been fulfilled they're things that we believed God is about but it hasn't yet happened then let's use this as an opportunity 
um, to pray for those things once more as well. Let's use this as an opportunity um, to acknowledge that um, not everything is necessarily still as it should be, despite all that Jesus Christ comes to do and to be. Let's bring those prayers before God this morning. So we're going to listen to this CD. I'm going to light these candles and then in your own time, feel free to come up and light your own as well.
So Lord God, we thank you for all that you came to do and all you came to be. We thank you for all the ways in which you have met our hopes and fulfilled the promises. We also acknowledge those ways in which we still have to work towards that future that you've promised. Pray for all those prayers and all those hopes that are represented by these candles this morning. That you would continue to meet us in those places of need, continue to meet us in those places of peace. That you would offer answer and fulfilment to those prayers. In Jesus' name, Amen.